I'm Julie Moran, and I am so thrilled to bring you my podcast, Limitless, Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Today on my Limitless podcast, I'm speaking with Carol Fishman-Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of the career re-entry firm, iRelaunch, whose vision is to see every company running an entry-level college internship program to also run a mid-career return-to-work program. Today, Carol shares great resume and interviewing advice for those who have taken time off but are looking to re-enter the workforce. Hi, Carol. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi, Julie. Thank you for having me. You know, I really love what you and your company, iRelaunch, are doing for people trying to get back to work after taking a break. Your conferences and the return to the work programs you're helping to set up are just fantastic and they're so needed and you're doing an incredible job for people who really need help. I just want to applaud you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. And your podcast, 321 I Relaunch, is just chock full of great, practical, useful advice, which I want to get to in a minute. But first, I want to know what led you down this path. Why did you create I Relaunch? I believe it's a bit personal, right? Right. I First, I, I lived this myself uh, before starting the company. So I, I guess I'll take you back to the late 80s when I was in corporate finance for an investment bank, Drexel Burnham Lambert, if anyone remembers that. And I was on maternity leave with my first child when Drexel collapsed in February of 1990. So there was no company to return to. And I decided not to go looking for the next big job. I knew we wanted to have more kids. We had three more kids in close succession. And I ended up being home with my kids for 11 years and then returned to work in 2001 at Bain Capital, the investment firm based in Boston. And I I, I worked there before then writing a book, I ultimately left there. I wrote a book, uh, co-authored a book with Vivian Steer-Rabin called Back on the Career Track. And it was really in the course of writing that book when we were talking to employers and, and relaunchers, as we call people returning to work, that we started getting asked to speak and screen candidates and get involved in some of the earliest return to work programs. And that is how we ended up starting I Relaunch in response uh, to that activity. Well, so what year did you start I Relaunch? So we started, officially started the company in 2007, although we had been working in the space before that. And how have things changed since then? I mean, are companies more receptive to relaunchers? It's been quite an evolution. Uh, when Vivian and I relaunched our careers in 2000 and 2001. We didn't know each other at the time. We met subsequently. No one was talking about this. There Mm. were no programs. The the concept of relaunching wasn't even named. And it was very isolating because I didn't know anyone else uh, who I knew a lot of people who were not in the workforce anymore, but I didn't know anyone else who had returned to work, especially in in the kind of full-time job that I returned to. And actually, I think it was unusual enough that In 2003, uh, even a little bit before that, Harvard Business School wrote a case study about relaunching, featuring my relaunch at Bain Capital. I'm the protagonist in the case. Wow. And I think they didn't have that many many examples um, of people who were returning after a long career break 
to a pretty intensive full-time job. So it was, it was quite an anomaly at the time. And uh, I would say in the last five to eight years, we have seen uh, a, a, an evolution. And, and we even call it an institutional shift because we're at the point now where it used to be that if you had a gap on your resume, it was instantly tossed. But now you have to have a gap on your resume in order to be eligible to apply for and participate in the company return to work programs that we're starting to see proliferate. That is so, uh, that's an amazing evolution. What are the biggest concerns employers have in hiring people who've taken a break? Well, probably the number one concern is that they're worried about technological obsolescence. And when we're talking to companies, because, you know, if you think about this population, it's a highly desirable population for, for an employer. They're, this population has great education, great work experience. They have a mature perspective. They're in a stable life stage. They're really excited to get back to work um, because they've been away from it. And also they, they're used to working they're used to being in a work environment. They're, they've been working with teams. They've managed different personalities. They know everything about what it's like to uh, be working uh, at, at, in a work environment. So they bring a lot to the table. The concerns employers have about technological obsolescence, we say are, are that's a really temp, that's a temporary condition. So the relaunchers who update their own skills before they even get onto the job, and then there, there's some updating that goes on once they've started working again. But those that really take the time to uh, upskill or reskill uh, are, you know, are ish signaling to employers that that they're they're really ready. And they've done a lot of work to, to prep themselves. And the more of that that we see, then the more we can convince employers that this is not just an exception anymore, but uh, the technological obsolescence piece is going to go away. Um, the other concern some employers have is that relaunchers don't know what they want to do and will say, I'll do anything or something, you know, something like that. Right. And we encourage relaunchers to be very, very specific about exactly what they want to do. And we say that it's their job, not the employer's job, but it's the relauncher's job to figure out where they can add the most value to an employer. That is so important. And what about social media? What are expectations around that? You mean in, in terms of familiarity with it? And using yes. It? And, and should they be on mm -hmm. active on social media? And, and it should, mm -hmm. you know, what are, what are employers looking for there? I think it, it depends on the kind of job that you have, but uh, it is really important to be uh, active on LinkedIn, to have a have a full profile there, and to see who's posting articles that are in your field, comment on them, post some of them yourself, post commentary. So, so that kind of activity on, on social media, as far as LinkedIn goes, I think is mandatory. But then the other social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, there is a lot of research that you can do on companies when you look at their pages on different social media. So not only do we think employer uh, relaunchers should be up on social media to indicate to an employer that they are, but, but the benefit of it is that you are researching a company uh, very thoroughly. If you're looking at not only their website and, and everything about the industry and, and their role in the industry, but also how they're, they portray themselves in all the different social media. So that part's important. But the additional piece that I want to emphasize is that 
relaunchers should familiarize themselves with current office productivity tools. So Slack and Basecamp, and of course, everyone knows Zoom now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we know, all know Zoom. Um, so, <laughs> right. And like the Microsoft Office suite has been upgraded and, and Google has, has a whole um, a bunch of Office products. So and calendaring and all of all of those functions. That I think is important for people to understand going in. And you can learn that by being involved in a volunteer activity where the organization uses certain office productivity tools. You could take courses in them. So I'd say that is another area in addition to social media that relaunchers should think about apart from any technological knowledge that they have to have that's specific to their field. Very important. Now, how do you explain a career break on LinkedIn? And how do you explain that in your cover letter and your resume? LinkedIn is different from the resume because LinkedIn is is like all different kinds of people look at it. And so what we say is people people approach this in different ways. So either we've seen uh, people just have their work experience stop in a particular year. Um, we don't recommend that. We think um, if you've done any volunteer work, if you've done any coursework, um, that you should talk about the years of your career break that, that those activities occurred in and use that as a, an entry on LinkedIn for some of your, your work experience. Um, I mean, for some of your relevant experience. The other thing that you can do that we're seeing people do is put the words career break. I mean, I put community leader because I would, for my 11 years, I was really involved um, in the school and community. So I wrote community leader. And then I, I put uh, in the description, some of the things that I was involved in. So you, you could take that approach. You know, there's some people who are not actively trying to strategize and take courses and do volunteer work for their, uh, during their career break, because they were doing whatever they took their career break for. If it was elder care or child care or, um, you know, whatever the career break reason was. So sometimes people just don't have, they have years that are unaccounted for. And it, we think it's important not to keep that a mystery. So you might say career break for elder care reasons, career break for child care reasons, or you can, you know, if, if you've done credentialing, or you've been involved in anything, you can use those activities for some of the years. So that's LinkedIn. The resume um, is is different depending on which job you're applying for. So now that one of the things we do at iRelaunch is we work with over 100 companies to build and expand their return to work programs that are in-house in the same way they have uh, student uh, university internship programs. But these are mid-career paid uh, programs for returning professionals. So if you are applying for one of those where you have to have a career break in order to be eligible, then on your resume, you want to call that career break out loud and clear mm. and say, you know, career break this year to that year and or this year to the present. And then under that, you'll put some bullet points of maybe some volunteer work that you're doing. Maybe if you were doing occasional consulting, don't self-select yourself out because they say you have to have a career break and not work for two years. Some of them will accept you if you've done just an, an occasional consulting project here or there, or if you're a substitute teacher. Put those things as bullet points under the career break heading. So, so that, that is really important. If you're not applying for one of those programs and you're applying for you know, a regular job that's not part of a return to work program, then I'd say you want to account for all of your time 
So again, like the LinkedIn profile, if you have volunteer work, you, you can put that in. If you have relevant and recent coursework, you could put that in as a, as a category at the very top. Then put a category called experience, not work experience, but just experience. So you can put relevant and important volunteer work that's uh, related to your career goals along with paid work that you've done. And then if you still have uh, career break years that are unaccounted for, you have to either put a note about them in the personal section or call them out in the chronological um, order uh, of your experience. You know, I have a friend, Susie Feldman. She's now vice president at Lionsgate. She took an eight-year career break, and uh, she had three daughters, and she was caring for her elder mom. But what she did, which I think is what you're saying, is she put that in her resume and on LinkedIn, but she also put in president of AYSO soccer for greater Los Angeles you know, greater Los Angeles, and ran Bobby Shriver's political campaign. So those two things, and she beat out, now she's vice president at Lionsgate, she beat out so many millennials for the job, even though she left E! Entertainment for eight years, that they were so impressed with what she did during her break that it really propelled her above some younger people, which I think is really, I was so proud of her. Yeah, I absolutely love her story and her example. And what you're talking about is what we mean when we tell employers about what, what relaunchers have to bring. And the more stories that we have, like Susie's, then the more examples there are in the public domain in terms of what relaunchers can do when they're back in the workforce after these multi-year career breaks. And the more of us that are out there, then the more common it becomes and the more normalized it becomes to have a career break as part of your career path. Okay, so here we go. We've got the resume. We've got LinkedIn. We're perfect there. Skills are polished. You know, they've read the trades. Now let's talk about the dreaded interview. The most important piece, and this is the most important step of the relaunch in general, is that you have to figure out what you want to do all over again. So you have to get very specific and figure out, am I going back to exactly what I left before? Am I going back to something related, but not exactly the same thing? Or am I relaunching my career in an entirely new direction? Once you decide that, then you know, do I have to upskill or reskill? Are there certain volunteer roles I can take that will like get, get me uh, good credentials, but also back in the field again? And do, it'll also tell you exactly what jobs you're going to apply for. Once you know that, then you have to think about how do I tell my story in a succinct way and a compelling way? And you should really script that out for yourself and practice out loud saying that over and over and over again, because you're going to want to tell everyone you know about uh, your, your uh, interest in returning to work. And that could include friends and family and people you know in your personal life, but it's also going to include people you meet in professional context, like maybe some sort of professional conference, even if it's online. Um, and certainly when you have interviews online uh, or, you know, video interviews that are part of your job search. So one piece of interview strategy is to pinpoint exactly what you want to do and practice talking about it. So it's like second nature. You're practicing like a, like a theater performance. And, uh, and so that, so that will build your confidence and get you off to a good start. The other thing that you have to think about are the 
the predictable questions like, oh, I see you took an eight-year career break. Tell me about that. And then you'll say, yes, I took a career break to care for my children or for an elder care reason, and now I can't wait to get back to work. In fact, I'm so excited about this particular position because when I worked at X company, we faced very similar customer issues. Let me tell you about one of them. So you see, you are acknowledging the career break. You're not apologizing for it. You're moving on to why you're the best person for the job, and you're going right into an anecdote that is relevant to whatever the job's going to be. But when you unpack that, there's a lot of work that has to be done to give an answer like that. You have to figure out anecdotes from each of your prior significant work and volunteer experiences. You have to script them out. You have to practice saying them. So they're in your back pocket and you can just pull these out and just say them without even thinking about them. And that is what helps make a successful interview. Is that what you call the, quote, elevator pitch? It's a version. The elevator pitch is is that, like, initial um, succinct description about your background and what you're interested in doing. But then, you know, ultimately, this is a conversation. So you're going to have other follow-up questions in an interview setting. And then the other thing to think about is when you're talking about these experiences from the past, you need to talk about them as if they happened yesterday. So you don't say, well, you know, 15 years ago when I was working at X company, this is what we did. You say, when I was working at X company, these were some of the issues that we dealt with and, and this is what happened. So, so you, it's not important when it happened. It's important that it did happen and how you responded and what you learned from it. Such great advice there. You know, your website has a great blog post on how to prepare for a Zoom meeting, which I'll link to in the show notes. I just want people to know that because, I mean, you really go into depth and what the background should look like, sitting or standing, lighting, appearance, camera, settings. What's the most important thing you think in a Zoom meeting interview? Before I answer that, I also want to highlight that we have a podcast on 321i Relaunch podcast um, with someone who works at HireVue, who's also a relauncher. And so I just wanted to highlight that because HireVue is one of these video screening interview companies and you hear her talk all about tips on on how to do well in those and resources and and what is you know what some of the questions are like and why companies use them so i just wanted to um to highlight that as 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 a resource and maybe we can link to it okay so in terms of the video interview people know now because we've had a covid that and, and employers and interviewers know that not everyone is set up perfectly in their home environment with a, you know, a quiet home office, which is isolated from the rest of what's going on. So to a certain extent, you can control your environment. And to another extent, there might be things that um, are in, happen that are unexpected. So first of all, you do want to think about what's behind you. Like if there's an unmade bed or laundry on it or something, yeah, you want to, <laughs> of course you want to clean that up. So there's a lot of just common sense. And they say lighting is important, light from the front, not light from the back. Um, so a lot of this you can get from, from that uh, blog post and, and general advice uh, online. The one thing I'll add to this is that employers are interested not so much in that like a dog might bark or some kid might run yelling um, uh, in back of you, but how you respond to it. And so it, you could even practice that you're in the middle of the interview 
and the dog starts barking and then you have to prep. Okay. What am I going to do in that situation? Maybe you have to close the door. Maybe it's already closed or maybe you have to do something, but the employer is going to watch your reaction. So that is the, um, is, is a way that you can actually impress an employer. You're, you're calm under a situation like that. You've anticipated it's not rattling you. So, so that, that's one thing I'll add to a lot of information that you can get easily online about all the best practices for video interviews. Okay, now this is a biggie. How do you negotiate okay. salary? I mean, do most relaunchers take a lower salary than when they left the workforce? All right, so this is really a loaded question because it, everyone's situation is so unique. How many years did you work before your career break? How many years has your career break been? Um, you know, were you, how, what have you done to update or keep current in your field while you've been on career break? All of those things are factors. Now it's a little bit different, but it could be what market are you in? You, you know, do you, do you, do you live in a metropolitan area where cost of living is higher versus, you know, somewhere else now? I know there's a lot of discussion about maybe there are certain jobs you can live wherever you want. I wrote an article for Harvard Business Review, and it's all about level. And um, what we did was catch up with relaunchers who had already been back in the workforce for a number of years, but who came in at a much lower level than they left um, after their career breaks. And so we catch up with them years later to sort of get their opinion on this now that they've they've been back for a while. And to a person, they they all said, don't worry about level. Just get in the door, get the job, and then the raises and promotions will come later. And we have relaunchers report that, uh, you know, gosh, once I got here, they saw everything that I could do. And now I'm, they even moved me to a different kind of a job. I'm on a different track because I, I, I think I, I, I proved to them and I proved to myself, you know, sometimes you have to prove it to yourself, too, that I'm really capable of doing this. So, so that's one thing. The other thing to think about is that there are some people who intentionally take a lower level job when they relaunch versus what they had before because they're in a different life stage now. Mm. And so that higher paying job where you had to jump on a plane at a moment's notice or 24-7 accountability, they don't want that as part of their job right now. And they're willing to take a job with lower compensation if it doesn't include those elements. And then there are some people who say, I just want a less stressful job. I know that if I come in at a lower level, yes, I'm going to get paid less, but I know I'll be able to deliver excellent results for my employer and manage my life outside of work. And that's my priority right now. So, you know, it's a tough question to answer. um, But in terms of, uh, you know, negotiating salary, is it any different for the relauncher than for any other job seeker in terms of finding out, you know, looking at salary.com and looking at, you know, these, these online resources of salary ranges and then talking to people, not about what they make, but, you know, what does someone make who's like a vice president level in an investment bank in the wealth management area? So like, just ask them broadly, what, yeah, if you have friends or family in the field to get some more data points there. And I think you'll be able to get a ballpark feeling of what your role uh, might be compensated at. And then, of course, there are all those additional factors about your number of years of of experience and where you live and your educational level, et cetera. So that's definitely a process that's hard to answer in a straightforward way. But, yeah, sometimes relaunchers take a lower-level job than where they left. 
Um, and, the, you know, the consensus is that that's okay. Don't come down on yourself and don't get overly focused on that. Um, and some relaunchers intentionally pick that. Um, and then others come in where they left off. And, and so it's not like we've heard a strategy that you have to take that says, if you do this and this, then you'll definitely come in at least at the salary level you left. There are too many factors there um, in that equation. I love that you did the research. And I love that most people said, just get your foot in the door, get the job, yeah. and then you'll you know, progress. I, I love that. You know, I yeah. have a friend who wants to relaunch. How, how can I help her? I mean, I know what I want to get mm -hmm. from her is her permission. I said, you've said that in previous podcasts, and um, I want to advocate for her. Um, but how can I best help her? So you're touching on something that's so important for the relauncher. And I, I mentioned it very briefly before, but let's talk about it in more detail now. And that is going public with your job search. So you need to tell everyone you know about your interest in returning to work because here you know that your friend is interested in returning to work. You have your own network and your own ideas about how can she articulate what she's interested in doing? Um, how can, what are some of the creative ways that you can apply her skill set, her background to maybe certain opportunities that she hadn't even thought about. So maybe you could brainstorm with her on that. You can be mm -hmm. an advocate for her. If you ever go to a different, to an event together, uh, even if it's a social event and someone's talking about what do you do and, and this person and, and she's saying, well, I'm on career break now, you can interject and brag about her. We say sometimes people go and should go in pairs to certain events so they can intentionally brag about each other. That's so it's a like great idea. Talk. Yeah. And then you say, oh, well, Carol's just being modest. When we when we work together, she was the uh, she, she was the, the queen of the spreadsheet modeling, you, you know, right. or something like that. You can say that about her much easier than she can say that about herself. That's a great thing. Now, I know you have a million success stories, but just give me one of your favorite success stories. Okay. Uh, so there, there are, there are so many. Um, and I guess I also now, I also want to, uh, to reference the three, two, one, I relaunch podcast, because one of the things that we do is that we interview people who are returning to work in all different fields after all different, uh, lengths of career breaks. Uh, and, and we actually have a series on longest career breaks. <laughs> so wow. it's like a mini series. And so it's people who have relaunched their careers after between, I, th I think the, the original reigning champion was like 25 years old, 25 year career break. And now we have an engineer who returned after a 31 year career break, super passionate about her field, um, actually ended up in um, engineering uh, around 3D printing, which is a really much newer area that didn't even exist when, when she worked before. Um, and I also just had an interview with two engineers who returned to work after 19 and 22 year career breaks, both in engineering through Northrop Grumman's iReturn program. They were in the original cohort, which was in 2017, and we caught up with them now. So it's like, we want you to look retrospectively and we wanted to see, well, where are they now? And they've both been promoted and they're doing great. And they can talk about how it feels to be back in a technical field after many years away and what was hard about that and what was familiar about it and, and how, how they got to the point where they are today. And I just find it so inspiring. That is so cool. Well, Carol, we're almost out of time. I want to ask you one last question. 
if someone who's taken a career break came to you and said they wanted to go back and they wanted to get back into the workforce, what would you tell them? The best piece of advice, even if you've said it before, what would you say to them? I'd say before you can do anything else in your relaunch, you have to figure out what you want to do all over again and decide, are you going back to your original field, something related to it, or something brand new? And that is going to drive every other decision and step that you take in your relaunch. Well, I can't tell you, you are such a wealth of information for our listeners. They are going to love this podcast. You are just out there helping people. I I just praise you for that. And um, I just love um, your podcast and what you're doing. And, And I just can't thank you enough for being on the show and being the inspiration that you are. Well, thanks, Julie, so much. It was really great to have this conversation. I thought your questions were wonderful, and I'm, I'm excited that we had the opportunity. Thanks so much for joining me on Limitless Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know when new episodes drop. You can also keep up with me on Instagram at It's Me, Julie Moran. Stay bold, everybody.